Yo, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back, Bridge Youth. We're so excited to have you here tonight, and we have a really good night planned. Yes, we do. Hey, we want you guys to tag us anywhere you are watching at Bridge YTA underscore. It's going to be an absolutely amazing night. We're so happy to be having our online service tonight with you guys. And with that being said, we're going to be hopping into the moment. We're not going to be able to stand up and talk to someone new, but we want you to comment down below this family time question. So our family time question is, in all of Mertech, which is Myriad and Temecula, Come on. thanks to JJ for coming up with that for us, um, what is your favorite coffee shop and what is your favorite drink? Clearly, the press The press. I call a load of barnacles, okay. to be frank. Not the press. I would argue, and here's the thing, I drink the press beans, so let me not be a hypocrite here. Exactly. But when it comes down to lattes, I'm going to have to go with the beans. No. Vanilla lavender latte, please. Oat milk. Yeah, it is absolutely fire. No a whole three dollars extra for my oat milk, but it does not matter. I will still drink yeah. it any day. Always pay extra. Always. <laughs> what is okay? What do you get from the press? I do a honey cinnamon latte with oat milk, shaken. Shaken is key, or else the cinnamon's all dry shaken. and gross. It's like a whole bartender back there. It is. That's exactly how I look at like shaking above my head and everything. <laughs> all right, let's see. Who's, let's see what people are saying. Let me see. Hold up. Oh my goodness. Bean, Corey said bean coffee roast. Isaiah said Subway oh and goat milk. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. Okay, no. You're sick. Isaiah, that's not a Gio thing. Gio says, oh, Faith said bean. Faith. In Taza, ice shivered. Okay, I'm not going to dog on Taza. I'm not going to dog on Taza because who knows? Maybe they might be the new place. In Taza, Amen. she said, is Amen. okay. Amen. Okay, that's awesome. Bro, bees knees at Intaza is fire. Quote I've never from had Levi. That drink. What is what is the bees knees? knees is a load of barnacles. Anyways, we're gonna hop in. We love you guys' things. We all came to the agreement that it is bean. Anyways, guys, we're gonna be going into the giving message for tonight. Hey, we know that you guys aren't in person to be able to give in person or anything like that inside the church, but we want to give you guys the opportunity to give online. You guys can visit visit. You guys can visit the Bridge Church app. And you guys can go to the giving tab and then find youth and you guys will be able to support us there. We want to say thank you guys so much for pouring into the ministry and out of faithfulness to God give out of a cheerful heart. And we're just so excited to be, well, uh, we're so excited to be supported and loved by such a great, awesome community. Guys, and we're going to be hopping into announcements. Kat, what is the first announcement? So our first announcement, if you are already, follow us on Instagram at bridgeYTH underscore Tag us and everything and follow us. We're trying to get verified. Come on. Almost at the blue check mark. We're almost there. We're almost okay. there. I think we're what? At 6.7 yeah. million? Uh, I think it was like right around seven. <laughs> Something around there. Guys, School of Ministry is right around the corner. September 26th is our orientation day. It's going to be absolutely amazing. Hey, I want to say this. If you're not a part of School of Ministry or you're not considering doing it or you're too young or whatever it may be, be praying for those who are going to be a part of it. It's going to be a completely new season, even for the bridge, a new program and everything. So be praying for the program to go well, to be for the students to be strengthened and to be created into the image of Christ as these next months go on. Definitely. And our next announcement is for Sunday service is that we have service here at church at 9.30 and also at 6 in the evening. Just Come so on. everybody knows. Yes, and guys, next Wednesday, our youth outdoor service is going to be popping. Brand new whip just hopped in. I got options. You know what I mean? Guys, next Wednesday, we're going to be having a DJ. 
We're going to have ice cream. We're going to have giveaways. We're going to be having a skate competition for a new deck from Overcast. Skate, I think, Overcast. I don't know. Guys, it's going to be an amazing <laughs> night. We're going to have nine score and everything out. Come to our outdoor service. It is going to be absolutely bonkers, and you are not going to want to miss it. It is. Guys, yeah. it is that no. time of it's, the night. It's time. It is game time! Cat, what game are we playing today? Alrighty. So, the game is Guess That Leader. Guess That Leader. Yes, this is kind of like a spin on Guess That Pokemon. What we will yeah, be doing for you, that. we will be having some characters, like an unlocked character mm -hmm. in black, and you're going to be seeing little things about them, and you're going to have to guess what leader that is. Mm -hmm. And so without further ado... Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, let's get into our game time. First one up. Let's see it. Oh. <laughs> we got a condo, <laughs> condos here of quesadillas or chicken nuggets. The favorite drink is chai tea, and the favorite Avenger is Spider-Man. All right. Got the favorite type of food, which is also number one, so quesadillas or chicken nuggets. <laughs> Um, they have been a leader at the bridge for two years, and their pet peeve is people chewing loud. People chewing loud. Who are we guessing this All right, let's see what the guesses are. Let's see what the people are saying. <laughs> we'll see you wait a little bit. <laughs> I'm more excited for the picture to be shown than I anything. know. <laughs> We're going to give it a couple more seconds oh, before we reveal who it is. Isaiah said Jessica. Jessica. We'll see. Amber. Pastor Gary. Pastor <laughs> Gary. Oh my God. If that's Pastor Gary, uh, I will be darned. I'll tell you what. That wouldn't make sense. Hannah said Jessica. Jessica wow, people are saying Jessica. I know people. Father, Father JJ, JJ, hello. That's the wrong denomination. <laughs> okay, oh, go ahead and let's reveal the first one. <laughs> oh, oh my gosh. All right, so we got Chandler. Them. Look at her. Chandler, what? Chandler, what was going through your mind when that happened? Rumor has it this picture was taken last week. Um, anyways, <laughs> we're going to go on to the next person. That's good. Let's see the next one. Oh, my gosh. Looks like a Build-A-Bear. Let's see who this one is. <laughs> All right. Vote your, I mean, send your votes in. All right. Hey, it's a connoisseur of nail polish. What does that mean? Lord knows. Favorite drink is coffee or Dr. Pepper. That's amazing. And favorite Avenger is Iron Man. Rest in peace. Spoiler alerts. All right. Favorite type of food is Mediterranean food. Been a leader at the bridge for seven years, they think. Their pet peeve is when people make noise when they eat. It's almost the same as Chandler. People so, making noise when they, they eat. eat. Like you. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen you eat. <laughs> Let's see. Iron Man, no. rest in peace. Resident Evil. <laughs> I know. Huh? It looks like I don't know. If people are thinking, "What is that?" I know. <laughs> All right, send us your guys' guesses. Who? What leader this is? <laughs> so it said Sam Lardo. I don't know. I like how she put the. I don't know. Geo put it's Corey. Corey. I haven't said Corey White. Okay. All right, we're gonna give it five more seconds before we reveal Janelle. Janelle I think Quentin, Isaiah said Father JJ, Melissa JJ again. All right, let's reveal this character. Hello, <laughs> <laughs> it is indeed Janelle. 
it's gonna be absolutely amazing. Let me know who you guys think it is. I know the picture. This will be good. If you were saying Keno, Keno, Kai Thompson, the preacher tonight. I should have waited on the details, but oh, Kenneth, Kenneth, everyone's saying Kenneth. Kenneth. We'll see if they are proven correct. Let us. We'll see. give them ten more seconds. See what I guess. Yep, everyone's saying Kenneth. <laughs> All right, I can't wait anymore. Show us the picture. <laughs> picture <laughs> all right guys that completes our game time together yeah all right so we are heading into worship now yes stand up get lit with us tag us let's get into worship y'all Oh. 
encourage you, despite the circumstances, we had an amazing summer. We saw God work in so many ways through so many situations and we've seen him reach so many people in a time where people were pretty much unreachable. As we go back to school, things are gonna get a little bit hard, but I wanna remind you guys and encourage you guys that God is still working. He's still making a way. Even in the times where you feel like you're growing complacent, God is still there. He's still making a way. The same way he made a, a way during summer camp week, the same way he made a way during youth convention, the same way he made a way last week at the in-person service, God is still making a way and don't get discouraged. Jeremiah 29, 13 says, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. School can be distracting, sports can be distracting, life can be distracting, but seek God with all your heart. Let me pray. Dear Jesus, I just thank you so much for this season, God. I just thank you so much that no matter what this season looks like, you are there, God. You are working. So I just thank you so much that you would just continue to work as these students go back to school, as they go back to daily living, God, even in the uncertainty, God. I thank you so much that you are certain. So in Jesus' name, I pray that you continue to make ways for these students, God, that you would continue to bring miracles for these students, God, and you would continue to bless their lives, God. In Jesus' name, amen. We have a great night planned for you guys. Kai Thompson is speaking. It's going to be amazing. everyone look if you're tuning in thank you for pulling up thank you we know we know you're tired of the screen but I know you're not tired of me baby what's up where it's going it's going to be it's going to be an amazing night last week we had our first in-person service back through all the jizz jazz all that kind of stuff and we're just so excited just to be back in person and now we're gonna have our online service and next we're gonna be back in person look it's just gonna be a great season we have so much in store for everyone and we've been in a series called Some Assembly Required. Corey says it's like when you go to Ikea and you get like a desk from the devil. And, and it says some assembly required. Like maybe like you don't have to go chop the wood. But it says there's some assembly required. Or like when you used to get Lego sets. Or if you still get Lego sets. You know, I got a few Lego sets back in my days. It says all assembly required. And those things take like four hours. But we're in a series called Some Assembly Required. And in our faith, there are things that we have to build like a house in our faith within our walk with God. So Corey, the first week, preached about the foundation of the house, which was prayer. Corey spit the fire. He prayed in tongues. He did all that. I don't know about that. Uh. <laughs> but it was a great night. And then next week, JJ preached... Oh my gosh, it was good. He preached on the living room, which is community. And then last week, if you're here in our in-person service, Corey preached on the foundation, not the foundation, lower than the foundation, the bunker, the bunker. But we're in California, so we don't really know about much of that. But if you were there, it was fire. Look, these past three weeks have been amazing. The bunker was about not being soft. If you're being soft on this other side of the camera, just don't. There's no time for that. Nobody got time for that. <laughs> so it's been amazing three weeks, and today I'm going to be preaching on the bedroom. 
Mary folk talk, so no. So the bedroom represents our secret place with God. So if you want a title, put in secret place with God. Quiet. Or if you want to put a little echo in the background. And if you want to put in little quotations, secret place with God, intimacy with God. Now that, that's okay. I'm getting, I'm getting a little, some good responses already, you know. It's, it's going to be a great night. It wasn't hot today. It was amazing. It was about like 90 degrees instead of 140. So it's been great. But yeah, the bedroom represents your secret place with God, intimacy with God. And also for our own selves, the secret place with God in our bedroom really represents who we really are. Because when you think about it, when our doors are closed, it's just us in our room. There's nobody else influencing us. There's no other outside noise. What we think, the way we talk to ourselves, what we think about the world, what we think about Jesus, that is who we really are. And that's something that I want to address today. So the core love sermon and sentences, you know, I, I love them too. Maybe not for me sometimes, Corey, if you're watching. I was in deep prayer about it. And I think this is the next best thing. So we have two things. We have a sermon goal and a sermon question. A sermon goal and a sermon question. So the sermon goal for tonight is to get you to evaluate your secret place with God. Sermon goal is to get you to evaluate your secret place with God. Get that in your notes. We say all the time. If you take notes, when you pull up to heaven, you get a fast pass, get a Lamborghini, and you get like four extra rooms in the mansion. Four extra rooms, huh? And our sermon question is, are you real with God? Are you real with God? I'm in your room now. I'm in your living room. Are you real with God? (laughs) But really, because there's two options. We're either real with God and allow him into our secret place, into our heart and our soul, and we get to glorify God because he uses us and works in our innermost places. That's one option. Or the other option is we can, we can be fake and, you know, live a miserable life and not live out with God. But hey, hey, those are the two options. So ask yourself throughout this time, are you real with God? Let's pray. God, we thank you for tonight. We thank you for just allowing us to meet in this way. Thank you for last week for being amazing. Thank you for making tonight amazing as well. Thank you for all the technology and the tech team for allowing us to to go forth with tonight. I pray that you speak through me and allow your word to be known, allow your your name to be glorified, all for you, God. And you know what's coming, but I'm not talking about football. I'm going to bring a new level of sport into this pulpit. I pray for Formula One. Formula One, y'all don't know about that, but just know it's a lot of fast racing. And I pray there's a safe race, and I pray Alex Albon does well. Y'all know who he is. I pray Lewis Hamilton does well. And I pray it's just a great time. And if you don't know, now you know. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, and amen, and amen, and the people who say amen like five times. Everybody said amen, and amen, and amen, and amen, and amen. That's going to be a wrap. All right. So what is really the, the secret place? What is your secret place? I'm a really visual person, so I like to, you know, like paint a picture in my head for certain things. So when I thought about the secret place, I thought of this. The secret place is the place where you go to in your mind, in your soul, when you put on a little simp playlist, you know, the one that has like Frank Ocean that hasn't you know, come out with music since like from where four. So yeah, like there's that Frank Ocean, there's a Drake, there's some Rex Orange County, and you lay down at night and you're like, I should text her. Why? Nah. I need to pull up in those DMs. Like, like, like that's a part of the secret place where you go to. But to be more specific, I like to say this. Picture a room, okay? Could be your room. 
It could be your mama's room. could be your sibling. Just picture a room, okay? And when you walk into this room, it's like a library. There's books and books and books. So, so, much, so much stuff. But instead, in your secret place, in this room, there are books filled with your greatest desires, your greatest failures, your greatest struggles, aspirations of yours, greatest fears or secrets. That, that is your secret place. That is where we want to talk about tonight and letting God into your secret place. So right now we're going to go to Matthew chapter 6, verses 5 through 8 in the ESV. If you didn't know what the ESV stands for, it's the Eduardo Standard Version. Shout out to Eduardo out there. Um, I don't even know if, I, if there's someone named Eduardo watching. What's up, Eduardo? You're, you're doing great. All right, so here's what, here's what it says. Jesus is talking, and he says, And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners that they may be seen by others. Truly I say to you, they have received the reward. No, you know, we're going to stop right there. Because he's, he's calling people out. Jesus said, look, don't be like the hypocrites. Don't be like the Pharisees. Don't be like the, the fake people. I got you. Don't be like the hypocrites. Hypocrites means like to act, to, to not be who you truly are. See, these people, they weren't being real with God. They were standing and, and just trying to act all religious for a show. Are you doing that? Do, do you come to church and say, hey, I'm blessed and highly favored. I'm the head, not the tail. Don't let you know, good Lord Jesus is with me today. But then you go home and you cuss out your mom. Ah. Hmm. Jesus says, don't be like them. And as we go on, it says, but when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your father who is in secret. And your father who, is in, who sees in secret will award you. And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think they will be heard for their many words. See, when Jesus says, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, the Gentiles are people not of the Jewish inheritance, people who are not descendants of Abraham. And they call them pagans. And back in the day, they had their gods, their mythic gods they would pray to. But in the way they would pray, they would just repeat the name of their god over and over and over and over again. Or they would say the same type of just chant over and over and over again. But they wouldn't be thinking. They would just be talking to their God, talking to their God, but just saying the same things. It's like a routine. It's like just talking, just thinking it's going to work, but you're not really letting the real God into your heart. And you see, let's look forward. Jesus says, do not be like them. Do not heap up empty phrases. Do not just talk because it's a routine. Do not just talk because it's religious and it's what you should do. Do not just, just talk to me so you because you want something. He's saying, do not be like them. Do not hear the empty phrases. I want you to be real with me. Are you being real with God? See, we got a little question. If you were to base your relationship with God solely on just the way you communicate with him, would he know you? Just, we know God is omniscient, omnipresent, omnipotent, all-knowing, omni-lomni, omni-everything we know. But if we put all those things to the side and just, just focusing on this, Theology 101, welcome to Professor Kai. This is going to be a great night. If someone on the outside heard you talk to God, would they be like, oh, yeah, definitely, yeah, yeah, God knows you? Or would you be like, no, I really just kind of say, like, our Father, Lord, and hell, how be thy name? I mean, just say that, and I'm good. I mean, that's a great prayer, but God wants us to be real. 
He says, do not be like them, for your father knows what you need before you ask him. Look, when you're not real with God, it's like when you get in trouble. It's like when you break a glass in your kitchen, and you're like, oh, snap. No one saw me do it. I'm going to kick it under the fridge like the ice I do all the time, and I'll be good. But then you forgot that, like, glass makes noise, you know, and your parents work in the other room, and they know you're the only one at home. And you walk around, you're like, hey, what's up, mom and dad? Like, how you doing? What just happened? Like, I don't know. But it's like, you know you're in trouble, but they, you don't know that they know that you don't know. And it's just all bad. <laughs> That's what God is saying. Do not be like them, for your father knows what you need before you ask him. Sometimes we pray to God and we say, hey, God, thank you for today. Thank you for this food. Thank you for this great, amazing time. Help me sleep better. Amen. And God's sitting there like, okay, cool, you're talking to me, but I know you're struggling with pride. I know you're struggling with, with self-image, so let's talk about it. God wants you to be real with him. Don't be like the Gentiles who just heap up empty phrases. God wants real relationship with you. <clears throat> relationship. <laughs> and I was like, Kai, okay, cool. Talking about the Gentiles, talking about these hypocrites, talking about being real. Why is this important? Why is, why is allowing God to my secret place so important? Why is just me getting real with God a crucial part of my faith? Let me tell you this. Because you cannot live a life that fully glorifies God if you do not deal with the things in the secret place. You will never be able to live a life that fully glorifies God if you do not allow him to deal with the things in your secret place. Now, why is that, Kai? Why? Let me tell you why. Because I know why. I did it. I wrote it down. <laughs> because imagine, you're, you're struggling with pride, and, and you go pray to God, and you say, God... Look, I'm struggling with pride. Show me where, show me how I need to, need to work on this. Help me. And God points you to scripture. God points you to some connect group leaders. And God helps you go through that whole season. And then what happens the next year goes on. And now you're a connect group leader. And someone comes to you and says, hey, I'm struggling with pride. Can you help me? You're like, yeah, I can help you. And then you go through the same thing with, with them. But then what happens if you, if you're not real with God? The pride issue doesn't. It goes untouched. And then when someone asks you, hey, can you help me? You're like, I don't know how to help you. Get out, get out of here. I'm, I'm better than y'all need to help anybody. I'm, I'm my own helper. And you can't glorify God in the same one that he wants you to. Gotta get real. All right, our first point today is your secret place with God will strengthen you. Our first point is your secret place with God will strengthen you. Visual guy. So see like this. If you have an iPhone, welcome to heaven. If you have an Android, uh, Holy Spirit. So, so when you have an iPhone, look, when you charge it, use an iPhone charger. And that's where you get the power from. But let me tell you, if you try to plug in that demonic Android charger into the iPhone, you can plug that thing in all you want. The iPhone is not going to charge. The same thing with us. Why are we going to go and try to find strength in people and affirmation, in likes, when we see clearly that it is only God who can strengthen us, we see it's only God that can use us and work through us and give us the strength to walk the life he has for us. You will never do all the things that God has called you to if you do not derive your strength from him. You can try to use that iPhone. It's going to be a black screen. You can try to use it. Try it. It's useless. So with this, I want to go look at the life of Jesus. Jesus loved his secret place with God. If you look through all the Gospels, you'll see Jesus went away alone. Jesus went to go pray. Jesus 
went to go pray by himself. Jesus left the crowds. Jesus just left. Jesus was with God. He was like, man, forget y'all. <laughs> but Jesus loved to get into a secret place with God. But I want to focus on just one instance. And this one instance is when Jesus goes alone in a secret place in the Garden of Gethsemane before he's going to go get crucified. And let me tell you this. Jesus is fully God. He was also fully man, which means that he felt all the emotions that we feel. Everything that we feel, Jesus has felt that emotion. So that emotion you felt when, when someone cut you off, you said, ugh, Jesus felt that. The emotion when, when you stub your toe on the couch and you, you said some words. Jesus didn't say the words, but he, he felt it, you know? He felt it. So imagine this. Jesus is going to the cross. He's about to take on the, the biggest event of human history. And he knows this. To kind of build this up and like give you an example... Actually, I'll tell you a football story. A football story. You see, I feel like I've never talked about football from the platform. It's always Corey saying it. And he's trying to live his life to me, man, Corey. Come on, dude. You know, <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't on the notes. Broncos. All right, dude. <laughs> so it was our homecoming game. You know, JJ was out here in the crowd saying, <laughs> it's our homecoming game. So, you know, homecoming football games are pretty big. And we were down, I think, we we're down a point. It was just, it wasn't good. And it was like the whole dang city was there. Probably not, but it felt like that. And we were like on the one-yard line, and it was the end of the fourth quarter, and it was a play to me. And it was either I get the ball and I score, and we go into overtime and still fight for a win, or I don't score and we lose. So in my head, I'm like, so I can either, you know, help our team, or I can make everybody go home sad and have a terrible homecoming. Like, okay, bet. I scored. That's the point. <laughs> but imagine this. Let's bring it even closer to Jesus. Imagine if you you and your sibling, if you have sibling or you and your best friend. Wow, the Holy Spirit's moving in here. <laughs> there, there was a bottle that dropped it. Y'all probably didn't hear it, but, you know, I'm just playing with Levi. <laughs> Levi's the bro. You ain't got to press him. But imagine this. So if you're sibling with your best friend, and then something comes over you, and it's like, Whatever your best friend or sibling does for the rest of their life, whatever circumstance that is supposed to go on them, you have to take that on. And you're like, dang, shoot, I know my best friend. They are not. They're going to probably end up in jail. I don't want to do that. So imagine it's on you to, to carry that circumstance of everything wrong that your best friend or your sibling does. So, okay, maybe I can go to jail for like five years. I'll, I'll get the belt a couple times. Or, or even go like this. Imagine if they add it on your parents. Your parents. Everything wrong that they have done and they will do, that circumstance has to, their punishment has to be on you. So whatever your parents do from now on till forever, you have to be the one to bear their punishment. It's like, okay, that's, that's a lot. I don't, I don't think I want to do that. Now imagine your school. Imagine, you're the one to take the punishment of everything that, of every person in your school, whatever they do wrong, you take the punishment. Now you're saying, okay, at, at this point, I'd probably say no. And then add on everyone in America. Like, all right, yeah, no, I'm not taking this punishment. I don't know what's going to happen to me. I'm over it. People be wilding out here, driving without socks on. It's crazy. <laughs> I appreciate the laughs. I didn't know that was, that was funny. I just, just came to mind, you know. But imagine. And then you say, okay, no, I'm done. But uh, how, about, how about you take on the, the punishment of the whole world for every, every wrong that they have done? At this point, you're probably like, all right, dude, we get it. 
Like, I don't, obviously that's tough. But let me tell you, Jesus, he took on the sin, which, let me tell you, the punishment for sin is death and the wrath of God, just for one of us. Jesus took that on for you and for me. That's two people. That's, that's, that's bad enough. But he took that on for your friends, for America, for the whole world, for the, everybody who's going to live and everybody who has lived. Jesus was about to take that on, take on the wrath of God. He was about to get crucified. The excruciating pain, excruciating, comes from the word crucifixion. Now, Jesus is about to take on the wrath of God to pay for the sins of the world, die the most crazy, most unexplainable, just excruciating death. And where does he go? He needs to go to his disciples and say, hey, y'all, I need y'all to tell me some good things about myself so I can, you know, I can do this. He needs to go to the, to the people who followed him and said, Jesus, Jesus, we want to follow you. And he say, hey, can y'all tell me why I'm so good again? No, we see Jesus. We see Jesus in Luke 22. Go to the Father. He went to his secret place. In all this emotion, in this magnitude of just this huge event, the biggest event in human history, Jesus could have done anything before going to this, but where does he go? He goes to his secret place. He goes to a secret place with God. Let's look at Luke 22. Luke 22, verse 41. 41 through 44. And he withdrew from them with about, from about a stone's throw and knelt down and prayed, saying, Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. And there appeared to him an angel from heaven, strengthening him. And being in agony, he prayed more earnestly, and his sweat became like great drops of blood falling to the ground. You know that's real? That is a real thing. People, there's been cases of people sweating blood from great stress. And Jesus was just so filled up with the agony of what was about to happen, he sweat blood. If you see me sweating blood, just kill me. I do not want to sweat blood. You know when, when sweat gets in your mouth and tastes salty? No, not blood. But look here, Jesus got real with God. Jesus didn't go up and say, hey, man, like, you know, it's, it's going to be a good night. You know, we got Peter about to pull up on me, about to be having a great time. No, Jesus literally was like, bro, if I'm going to do this, man, like, can we do it another way? Like, Jesus literally said, like, hey, not my will, but yours. Like, I'm off it. But no, Jesus was real with God. You know why? Because God understood because God knew. The father already knew what Jesus was feeling. So why would Jesus want to be fake to him? Look where he got his strength from. Look where Jesus went when he was about to go through the biggest, the, everything. That's, it's just so hard to explain just the magnitude of what was about to happen. But Jesus went to the father. Where do you run? Where do you run for your strength? The only place that is feasible to run is to the father. You can plug in that Android charger all you want. It's not going to work. It's not going to work. The Father is the one who will strengthen you. Isaiah 41.10 says, I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my right hand. Only the Father is the one that can do that. And I promise you, when you run to the Father, he won't hurt you. He's not an earthly father. He's not someone who will just take you and laugh at you and just, eh, funny. You're struggling with that. You should be over that. No, God listens, God hears you, and God will strengthen you. That's a promise. 
God, God, God won't leave you. God didn't give, God didn't give us a, a spirit of fear or of a timid. No. Power, love, and self-control. God will strengthen us. God will strengthen you. Don't think that whatever you're going through is, is too small for God. If it's on your mind, it's, God cares. If it's on your mind, pray about it. Nothing is too small or too big for God. Look at Jesus. Look, if I was Jesus, I would have said, all right, bro. Angels come down. I'm about to use my Jesus, my Jesus quadriceps. I'm about to kick out. I'm about to kick everybody out of this dang garden. I'm, I'm, I'm going home. Our second point today is that your secret place with God will break you. Your secret place with God will break you. You're thinking, hey, Kai, didn't you say it'll strengthen you? I'll say what I said. Don't question me. Your secret place with God will break you. You see. The times that I have felt most broken, most broken in my secret place with God, have been the times where I've felt Jesus' presence the most. The times where I've been like, I can't do anything about this. I'm in my secret place with God, and I just can't. Those are the times where I've seen God work the most. Let's go to Psalm 51. Turn there. We're going to read the whole thing. But before that, I want to give, I want to give you all a, a prologue. If you read books, you know what a prologue is. If you don't, you know, it's just a little, like, a prologue, you know. So this is this is King David writing this psalm. King David is writing this psalm after this. You know, some crazy stuff happens. You know, we're talking about some crazy stories. Jesus and crucifixion. We're talking about King David and him wilding. So if you don't know the story, you have the the KV version, the Kai version, the Kai version of the story. If you if you want that Bible, you can't get it. Oh, that's a one of one. So King David, he's a king. His name is David. You know the dude that um, that James Smith talked about? That David and Goliath, you conquered a giant. The dude who, like, who, who hit Goliath with the sling? That's him. So in the springtime, kings are supposed to go out to war. That's battle time. That's war zone time. Where we dropping boys. That's where King David, King David should have been playing war zone. But this dude is out here eating cereal on his, on his roof. Who does that? It's like if your boys were supposed to get on Xbox and they just didn't get on. You know how I feel. But King David is supposed to be in the spring. In the springtime with the other homies at wartime, but he was at home. That's a whole another sermon. But just know he wasn't in the right place at the right time. Let's do King David is just, you know, walking around, minding his business, not really, but you know, and, and, and he comes across, you know, Bathsheba. And he looks over and he sees, oh, a little shoddy bathing over there, shot a little baddie. And he, and, he, and he told his little servants, like, hey, go get Bathsheba. I want to I talk to her. And, and they get Bathsheba over, and, and let me tell you this. She wasn't single. She had a husband. She had a hubby. He put a ring on it. He, he had a, she had a husband. And guess what? Her husband was, was supposed to be fighting with David. Her husband was in the battle that David was supposed to be in. So this dude went behind his homie's back, and you know, did the no pants dance with his wife. And said on to it, this dude was like, all right, uh-uh. I'm going to cover up my wrong and I'm going to, you know, Uriah, that's your husband's name, I'm going to get you killed. This dude, King David, sent Uriah to the front lines and had him killed. This dude committed adultery and got her husband killed. And he's the king that's supposed to be the strongest, you know, the strongest guy around that, that, that killed Goliath and the big leader. And he messed up like this? King David? 
And then some time goes on, and the prophet Nathan, prophet Nate, Nate, prophet Nate Dog, pulls up to pulls up to David and tells him a parable. Fumet says, "There's a rich guy, you know. I'll tell you a story. He's a rich guy. He lives in Beverly Hills, you know, up there, and he has about like four or five Lamborghinis. He has an infinity pool. He can't swim, but he has an infinity pool, and." You know, he has all the money in the world. He has a net worth of like $4.3 trillion, and he was living the life. And then there's this, there's this poor dude who, who has nothing. He's, he's homeless and drives a Toyota Corolla from 1902. The new Corolla is pretty nice. But this poor dude has an old Corolla, and then this rich guy just out of nowhere just goes and takes, takes, the, guy's, takes the guy's car. He's homeless, and he just takes it. And King David gets mad. He's like, bro, this dude should be killed. What the heck? Who is this guy? And Nathan looks at King David's eyes and says, it's you, dog. It's you. You're the man. You are the man. And King David's like, oh, you're right. Now, there's some dispute on how long Psalm 51 was written after this whole thing happened. But look where David goes. Listen to David's voice. Have mercy on me, O God. According to your steadfast love, according to your abundant mercy, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I know my transgressions and sin is ever before me. Against you and you only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight, so that you may be justified in your words and blameless in your judgment. Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity and sin did my mother conceive me. Behold, you delight in truth in the inward being and you teach me wisdom in the secret heart. Purge me with hyssop and I shall be clean. Wash me, I shall be whiter than snow. Let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones that you have broken rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and blot out all my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence and take me not your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me with the willing spirit. Then I will teach transgressors your ways and sinners will return to you. Deliver me from bloody guiltliness, O God, O God of my salvation, and my tongue will sing aloud of your righteousness. O Lord, open my lips, and my mouth will declare your praise, for you will not delight in sacrifice, or I would give it. You will not be pleased with the burnt offering. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken, contrite heart, O God, you will not despise. Do good to Zion in your good pleasure. Build up the walls of Jerusalem. Then you will delight in the right sacrifices, in burnt offerings, and whole burnt offerings. Then bulls will be offered on your altar. Do you hear the pain in David's voice? Do you hear him just lamenting before God? Like, he says, restore to me the joy of your salvation. Uphold me with the willing spirit. Let me be joyful again. Let me hear joy and gladness. Let me rejoice. David is broken. David is in a secret time with God, and he's broken in this secret place. And you just hear it in his voice, and I want to say, hey, imagine being David. Imagine if you messed up like that. I don't have to, because I'm David. Because you're David. Because we're David. We have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, and our sin isn't just doing a bad thing that affects nobody. We're sinning against a holy God perfect. Our sin just doesn't affect us. It affects everyone around us. And just hear what what David is saying. Your secret place with God will break you, but it's not meant to kill you. It's meant to point you to Jesus.
Your secret place with God when you're broken is not meant to just destroy you and show you how, how bad you are. No, it's supposed to point you to the one who has a cure for that. Brokenness is a gift, you see. This, this time of brokenness that, that King David is, is talking about, this is a gift. Remind me of my brokenness because you know why? Because if we forget that we're broken, we don't think we need Jesus. If we don't realize we're broken, we think we don't need Jesus. Look at the world around us. We're saying, hey, no, I'm a good person. I deserve to go to heaven. Or people who, who don't even follow the Christian faith, they say, yeah, I'll go to heaven. I'm, I'm a good person. I don't, I don't murder anybody. I don't cheat. I'm a good person. But we know in Romans it says, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And this realization of just, wow, I'm like David. I'm saying, God, restore to me your joy. Restore to me this gladness. Help me rejoice. I've been feeling down all this time. This, this realization, it's weight. It's weight that, you know, I can't carry for you. I can't carry for myself. Maybe saying, Kai, like this weight, this weight is heavy. I know. And look what Jesus says. Jesus says in Matthew 11, verses 28 to 30. He says, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Are you tired? Are you tired? Are you tired of trying to do it on your own? Are you tired of, of just trying to pick up the broken pieces to your puzzle by yourself? Are you just like, I've messed up, I've gone too far. No one can forgive me, I can't forgive myself. Are you weary? Do you need something? Or do you feel the weight on your shoulders that you just can't carry anymore? And you're thinking, I don't know where I'm going to go with this. Let me tell you about Jesus. That's why Jesus came. We couldn't do anything, anything to get us, you know, to, to pick us up from our bootstraps and, and redeem ourselves. We can't save ourselves from our own sin. If we could, we would have done it already. If we could, Jesus wouldn't have to come to earth. Can I tell you? Jesus, the Son of God, lived on this earth, lived a perfect life, sinless, spotless, went to the cross for you and me, bore our sins. He's the one who took all of our punishment. He's the one who literally took the wrath of God that was supposed to be on us, and he covered us and said, no, I'll do it. The way that you feel on your shoulders, Jesus said, no, take yoke upon me. I will give you rest. I will take that from you. I will be the the stand-in for what you deserve. That's what Jesus came to do. Jesus just wasn't some kind of like cool guru dude that came to give us good morals and a good life. No, he came to bring us from death to life. I, I wish I could tell you it's going to be like, hey, you can do it yourself. Just get some self-help books and, and you know, read, do, listen to some podcasts. And I promise you, you'll feel great in like three days. No. It takes a holy life and a miracle resurrection for that to happen. And right now, I'm going to give you an opportunity to say yes to Jesus, to say, I accept your sacrifice. I realize that that should have been me over there on that cross, but you took it from me. And if you all bow your head and close your eyes, I'm going to pray a prayer. And it's not any special prayer, but just make this prayer yours and allow the words that I'm saying to resonate with you. 
dear Jesus, we thank you so much for doing what you did on the cross. We realize that we are sinners, that we are so that we are so incapable of of saving ourselves. Lord, we accept what you did on the cross. We confess with our mouth and believe in our hearts that Jesus is Lord and that you, God, raised him from the dead. And tonight, I'm accepting Jesus into my life. I'm going to turn to Jesus and turn away from my old life. God, I thank you for all that you have done for me. Thank you for redeeming me. Thank you for showing me mercy. Thank you for sending Jesus. We love you, God, and we're ready for this next season of our lives. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Look, if you made that decision for the first time, let me tell you, God, Chris, your life is changed forever. We say all the time, look, it's not going to be easy. No one says that, but it'll be worth it. God will strengthen you and help you. And let me tell you, a life with Jesus is a life full of purpose and a life driven to glorify him and life back home with your creator. Gosh, it's, it's so exciting just to know that there's people who just give life to Jesus. And look, we're not here to just leave you hanging. We're not here to dap you up and say, hey, but nah. We have this thing called the next seven days. It's just uh, seven days of Pastor Corey, the guy who's just yay taller and a little lighter than I am. But it's Pastor Corey, and it's seven days of him just, you know, talking to you, walking with you through these next couple days and just how to, how to follow Jesus. Some just really foundational things about prayer and reading the word and community. It's amazing, and it'll take you all the way up until next Wednesday where we're going to meet in person. You're going to see me. You're going to see this, you know, this, this human. It's, it's going to be great, you know. That's, that's a great thing. But it's been a great night. It's been amazing. These next seven days, if you want that, if you need that, come shop. I'm kidding. It's free. We don't need a, you need a cat sacrifice. We don't need your shoes. If you're size 10 and a half or 11, me or JJ will kindly <laughs> use the promo code JJ for 10% off your next shoe purchase at Bridge Shoes. We have shoes. We don't have shoes. But for real though, if you want the next seven days, go to our Instagram at Bridge, Y-T-H underscore, and DM us next seven. We'll get you connected with a connect group, the leader. We're just ready to start living life with you guys. Oh my gosh, thank you so much. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for just allowing me, me, old little Kyle Thompson into your household. I'm in your room, I'm in your living room, and it's been a great time, but I, you know, I gotta, I gotta dip out. I'm kind of feeling uncomfortable. I, I, I smell your feet. I smell the dirty clothes on you. You didn't wash your shirt. You had it. It's bad. <laughs> but, but thank you all for tuning in tonight. We are so excited to see you all next Wednesday at our in-person service. My name is Kai, and thank you for tuning to Disney Channel. <laughs> all right, we'll see you all later. Thank you.